Welcome into episode 31 of the Gumprunners podcast. Chase Thornton, Lester Mitchell, Bill Holman joining us tonight. It's officially baseball season. Uh, Baylor smokes Gonzaga for the national championship in basketball on Monday night. And so with that being said, it is officially baseball season. So, of course, we've got to bring in our our baseball guru, guru Bill Holman, the uh, the the king of of everything involving baseball, particularly particularly the Atlanta Braves. And uh, so, uh, uh, been a while since Bill's been on here with us. He joined us during football season, but now now he's back. Um, a lot of stuff's been going on since we last recorded. Like I said, the uh, the national championship in basketball, um, college baseball is going on. The major league baseball season started. That's going to be the majority of what we're going to be talking about during this podcast. Uh, but um, real quick, Lester, you know, one thing that the, the big news surrounding uh, the Alabama fan base outside of basketball recruiting is of course the loss of uh, Cameron Ratliff, um, Luke Ratliff, the, uh, the Alabama super fan or, you know, <clears throat> whatever you want to call him. He dies from, from COVID COVID-19 complications uh, last week. And, you know, um, you know, we, we, we kind of, we kind of picked on them a little bit, but all in all, you never want to see anybody lose their life. And that's uh, a terribly sad thing. His family came down and they held a ceremony for him outside of Coleman Coliseum. You see some sad videos being posted on just Lester, what do you think about this whole situation involving, involving his untimely death and, and, you know, everything they was talking about with the precautions in Indianapolis. And there's a bunch of articles coming out that were controversial. Just tell me what you think about this whole situation. Um, it's really sad. Um, seeing that guy at ball games, he always brought the passion and the energy and uh, really sad situation. But I'll tell you one thing, that's one guy that lived life to the fullest. I'm glad he was able to um, enjoy and, you know, see, what he, see a lot that he did, you know, getting travel and going to basketball games and all that kind of stuff. So um, he's definitely going to be missed. He was certainly a um, really, really popular guy around campus and in Tuscaloosa and, and you know, in, in light of his death, um, he was – pretty well-respected guy um, around the SEC. You know, you see guys um, from opposing teams, rivals, um, you know, shouting them out or donating to his family's GoFundMe. So, you know, sad to see that loss for sure. Yeah, and, and just by by people outside of the Alabama fan base don donating and paying their respects to him via Twitter or whatever it is, you know, just shows how much he impacted outside of the Alabama fan base. And, yeah, you know, a lot of it was hell related. He was giving them hell, you know, with the FBI jackets and and taunting the uh, the other team's coaches, whether it be Frank Martin or whatever the case is. But you know, all in all, everybody understands that it's in that it's in good fun at the end of the day, and it is just a sport. And um, yeah, this guy, obviously, you know, we didn't have a guy like this. We're a little bit older than he is. We graduated around around uh, 2015 from Alabama. And so uh, we didn't have anybody like this. He was just, he came in just after we left. And uh, so we didn't really know what it was like to be on a a college campus where, you know, this one student walks around, you, you know, you kind of know who he is. And, uh, and so I I can't really imagine the impact that he had on the campus with kids his age, but uh, yeah, you know, thoughts and prayers out to his family and, and everything they're they're going through. Coach Brian Hodgson set up a GoFundMe if you want to, if you're listening to this and you want to um, donate to his family, um, you, you can just search that on Twitter. Uh, Coach Brian Hodson, he set up a GoFundMe. I think it's raised over $55,000 for his family. So just by that, you can see how much impact he had on the people around him. But uh, yeah, just Bill, we'll bring you in. Um, 
getting into some some major league baseball first of all just tell me tell me how excited you are for the major league baseball season I know you're a guy that watches five or six baseball games a day a lot of people might not watch that many in a month but uh, you're a guy that it's not just the Braves the Braves are your main team but whenever there's baseball on you're going to be watching it so just tell me how excited you are for the start of the season in general Oh, man, Chase, I'll tell you what, I'm so happy baseball is back. Uh, and, and you're exactly right. I do watch multiple games a day. Uh, get home from work and watch the Braves and then catch a West Coast game, whether it be the Dodgers, Oakland A's. Uh, I'm trying to watch the Angels more this year with Trout and Otani. But, uh, man, just between watching games and keeping up with fantasy, I, I can be more excited. Yeah, and, and bringing in that fantasy. You know, we are big fantasy players. For the people that don't know, we play fantasy football. We're in multiple leagues. We're in – multiple baseball leagues. Lester, you in three or four fantasy baseball leagues? Uh, this year I decided to chill out a little bit, so I'm just in three. Just three. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I went three. I went four this year. Yeah, Bill's in four. <laughs> I mean, guys, we're, we're playing fantasy hockey. We're, play, we're in a four-man fantasy hockey league, and three of them are on this podcast right now. I wish we would have brought in Brock. Maybe we'll bring him in whenever the playoffs start in hockey, which is – I think maybe next week or something like that. But, uh, yeah, nearing the end of hockey season, we're playing fantasy hockey. We play fantasy basketball. I mean, anything fantasy, we're going to play it just because we're a bunch of friends that like to compete. We like to talk shit to each other. And uh, <clears throat> one good thing about having Bill as a friend is in fantasy baseball, I don't have to check my app because I know if my players are doing well or not because Bill's watching the games live. I know just earlier today I picked up the catcher for the White Sox, Jeremy Mercedes, and – and Bill texted me and Lester letting me know that he hit a 500-foot bomb. So, uh, I know that's that's 11 points for my fantasy team. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, um, Bill, just just getting into the base, let's just start with your favorite team, okay, everybody? Bill and Lester are big Atlanta Braves fans, probably two of the biggest Atlanta Braves fans you'll find around here. Um, they watch nine innings every day. They watch 162 games a year, plus the games in October. Um, we actually try to go to a couple of games every year at Truist Park together. And, um, <clears throat> and so, um, J Bill, just, just talk about, first of all, let's just start with, with the week that's passed. You know, this is the one weekend they've been playing for a week. Tell me what you've seen from the Braves so far out the gate. Uh, obviously not a great start in Philadelphia. Um, and then in D.C., if we would have recorded this podcast on Tuesday, I would have been a lot more negative. Uh, but it was good to see him get two wins yesterday. And really, I just try not to overreact on anything this early in the season. Um, you know, obviously you want to see your team do better, uh, but I'm not going to overreact thus far. Yeah, definitely had to get the bats going. And, you know, we talked about the day of the doubleheader, the morning, the morning of it, that, you know, a split is a necessity. But especially when you got to get got a guy like Eric Fetty throwing for the Nats, and you got Strasburg throwing game two. But you got Freed against Fetty. You definitely have to win that matchup. And uh, we're like, you got to get a split. That's a necessity. But it'd be even better to get a sweep. And uh, they were able to to sweep both seven inning games. And now they're sitting at two and four. Had the day off. They'll play. Um, I guess today, since you're you know we'll, we'll release this on Friday, so they played today in Philly, right? No, they're in Atlanta. Yes, yeah. back in Atlanta, a home opener. <clears throat> I tell you what, yeah, home opener, you got the Friday Reds. That's that's still a thing, right? I hope so. Uh, I hadn't yeah. seen anything on Twitter, but I'm hoping they bring those back. 
definitely have to do the Friday Reds. That's uh, brings great energy to the ballpark, to the clubhouse. But um, Lester, talk, talk about the pitching staff because, you know, you got Mike Soroka starting the year in the IL. Um, he just got shut down because of shoulder inflammation. Again, the guy's made of glass. He just, he's snake bit. He just cannot seem to stay on the bump. And uh, so talk about Freed. Um, struggled a little bit in the first game of the doubleheader a couple of days ago, but just talk about the pitching staff, the starting pitching staff as a whole through the first turn in the rotation. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, one thing that we could not have said last year was through the first turn in the rotation, all five starting pitchers went at least five innings. Um, last year, that rotation was a disaster. Um, despite as far as um, Atlanta went, the rotation just wasn't good. And it eventually got down to a guy named Tommy Malone, I guess that's his name. I don't know. I, I, I don't care to remember his name. But this year, things are much different. Um, Atlanta went and bolstered the rotation between Max Freed, um, Charlie Morton, who's really good, who's been a really fun guy to watch over these past uh, five, six years, I guess, since he got from Houston and he went to uh, Tampa. Um, older guy is a freaking stud in the playoffs. Um, Drew Smiley, um, Ian Anderson is the phenom who came on last year. Um, young guy, he was the uh, he was the top top five prospect in baseball um, at one point um, last season. Then he came up, so this will be his first full year in rotation. And right now, um, I guess the fourth guy will be Drew Smiley, um, kind of a guy who's been state bit by injuries. I believe he's gone through two Tommy Johns. No, he did one Tommy John, but he set out for two seasons. But the guy last year had an uptick in velocity. He struck out, um, I believe, over 10 per nine. And the Braves took a flyer on a one-year, $10 million uh, deal in the offseason. And, of course, like you said, uh, waiting on our um, other young phenom, Mike Soroka, to come back. But he just got shut down with uh, shoulder inflammation. Um, probably doing a little bit too much is what um, DLB, David O'Brien, our uh, – Braves athletic writer was probably talking about um, probably doing a little bit too much trying to get back, but he came back and pitched the inning in the last spring training game. Looked really, really good, but coming off an Achilles, uh, you just never know. Um, but as far as I see, as far as I saw, um, there's a little tapper roll to the left side of the pitcher's mound, and the guy sprinted like like a dart. So I think that Achilles is just fine, but you know, once again, you don't want to rush it. So until then, um, Braves going to pitch that. Uh, patch that fifth spot with um, Oscar Enoa. He pitched pretty dang good in his start. Um, and Bryce Wilson. So those are probably the two guys bouncing back and forth from that fifth spot. Kyle Wright's a head case. Um, don't really care about him a whole lot right now. But, you know, till then, um, I believe this, I mean, this rotation is just much, much better than what they were dealing with last year. How much are we rushing to get Mike back out there? Because every time you know, he, he's so promising once he's out there. He, he works that sinker change-up combination. The, the curveball is dominant, and uh, he keeps the ball down. He's a ground ball pitcher. Uh, some people complain about a strikeout ratio. I'm not worried about that. I see a lot of double plays in his future. He's, just, he, he's, a, he's a dominant pitcher, and um, the Braves really need him for the second half of the season. So how much are we rushing him back? He's already got shoulder inflammation. It's, it's early April, and – this guy's already battling multiple injuries. And so how, how once he gets healthy, is he somebody that you have to rush back out there and really push that pitch count? Or, I mean, 
just I'm, I'm just trying to – Bill, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think uh, – since Lester just broke down the rotation, do you think that if Mike comes back, if you know is, is, is solid and consistent in that fifth spot, can Soroka maybe be a, a long reliever type guy for a while? I, I don't think they, they do that with him. I think they'll plug him right into the rotation when he comes back. Now, on your question about whether you rush him or not, I say no. Just let him get healthy. You want to make sure he's good to go, especially with his injury history. There's no need to risk it. And you you got three, four guys in the rotation that you can trust. Um, and then uh, Bryce Wilson also had a pretty good spring, so I I trust him to slide in that fifth spot. You don't need him to be an ace. Is he that? Is he the Vandy guy, or is that Kyle Wright? That's Kyle Wright, and I'm kind of like how Lester is right now. I don't <laughs> don't really care. Just put him down in Gwinnett. Let him roll down there for a few months, getting, you know, I don't like seeing, I know that you got to do it, but, you know, the whole back and forth between Atlanta and Gwinnett. Um, I want to see some of these young guys just kind of stick in Gwinnett, go in the rotation and just, and eat innings and see how it goes. There's only one Vandy guy on the Braves roster that we care about, obviously, and that's the future all star shortstop, Dansby Swanson. There's no doubt this guy's going to make an all star team. And, me and Lester Lester's a, favorite player. Yeah, me and Lester have a bet because Lester hates Dansby Swanson. And I, I I call him my third baby. And and so if, if Dansby Swanson makes an all-star team in 2021 or 2022, Lester has to pay my fantasy dues. And I just I just listed all those fantasy sports that we play. We play for a lot of money in fantasy. I mean, we're we're competitive and Lester is gonna pay for all my fantasy dues. Lester, are you saving up already? I mean, do you, do you have a secret stash that you save maybe ten bucks a week to in order to save up to pay for all my fantasy dues whenever Dansby makes an all-star team? Well, the deals for baseball only. And for anybody oh, listening, shit. there's gonna oh. be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of inside jokes going on. Um but yeah, I guess since uh, the All-Star game has been moved from Atlanta, I, I don't have to worry about spending that money on that anymore. So, But, guys, please believe I'm praying to God that Dansby Swanson is an All-Star. You know why? Because if Dansby is an All-Star, then he's playing great for our ball club, which only helps out the Atlanta Braves even more. So the better Dansby plays, I'm going to cheer his tail on. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I hope he has a great year. And all the signs have shown that he's going to break out. I mean – from the homer he hit up in Philly to the other one, the first one he should have booted, but the wind was he should have put out, but the wind was blowing so hard. So all signs are pointing to a pretty dang good season for Dansby. They showed a graphic the other day of his averages by year, and it like his rookie year he was like two thirty six, and he's just going up. What did he hit last year? Like two seventy four, two sixty four, something like that. And two uh, two seventy three. He was two yeah. points shy of Lester's uh, demanding goal of two seventy five. You don't hit in order for it to be a successful year. Yeah, if you don't hit two seventy five with forty eight homers, you cannot play on Lester Mitchell's ball club. Um, I, I pity the team that uh, that that ever comes under Lester's management because those guys are going to run more than any major league team in history. Um, they, if they're not full of Barry Bonds type hitters, yeah, um, um, it's it's pretty funny. Um, I. I I have high standards, but yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, and um, Lester, let talk about you mentioned Charlie Morton in that rotation. You know, the Braves tried to go out last year, a couple of years ago, I can't remember, and and sign a veteran guy. And you don't want to say too early, you know, he, he's a he's a playoff guy, a guy that's nails in the playoff. You know, you definitely want that guy in your in your clubhouse, your veteran guy. And they went out and signed Cole Hamels. 
was that a one-year deal? Whatever the deal was. And an injury-prone guy, but a guy that's been around the block. And they kind of do the same thing with Charlie Morton. But I think this is one of the best signings of the offseason for any team. Uh, I love Charlie Morton. His stuff is electric. His velo is up around 94 to 96. And he's thrown 200-plus innings in the last three years. So, you know, he's he's shown that he can remain healthy. And if he does get into the playoffs and he's healthy, talk about how big of an asset that is for Atlanta's pitching staff. Well, Chase, if they would have signed Charlie Morton two years ago, like I told you to. Yeah, yep. I mean, it was between Atlanta and Tampa Bay, and he went to Tampa Bay. And that led to Cole Hamill stealing one year, $18 million from the Braves, but thankful for the pandemic and the cut-down salary and stuff. He didn't get all of his $18 million. So that's neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, Charlie Morton, um, it's good to have that, that, that former ace, that rock in the rotation. Not only is the guy has plenty of playoff experience, but – you know, despite Cole Hamels not playing a lot last year, they said that he was so impactful on all the young pitchers, particularly another lefty, um, Max Free. And I can't help but think that Charlie Morton is doing the same thing for this rotation with this group of young guys. Um, Freed, Anderson, um, Soroka, I'm sure that they've all been in his ear a little bit, just trying to get a little bit of information. And, I mean, that, that guy is – valuable as more than just a player. I mean, he's almost like a second coach. So kudos to him. That's a, that's a great, that's a great signing by, you know, Alice Anthopoulos. And um, I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do. You know, 36 years old, um, his first spring training start, like you said, he was pumping 96. I was like, wow. I was like, I was like okay, he's pumping 96, his first spring training start. You know what? Get him on the backfields, let him chill out. That dude's ready to go already. So, you know, he's already had a great start. Um, a good start to begin this year, but you know, look forward to him again this weekend against the Phillies. I think he messes up against Nola, if I'm not mistaken. But I was, we'll I see. was watching, yeah, I was watching him in spring training. They talked about how usually in spring training he sits around 91, 92 um, throughout the whole spring until maybe his last start. But they said that he came into camp pumping 93, 94, 95. So obviously he's feeling better than he has in years past. But, uh, Bill, you know, if you want to, you can give me a number. I don't know if you sat down and thought about the number of, of wins that, that you'll set for this Atlanta Braves team. But um, just give me a, a prediction for the Braves season, um, whether that includes the postseason or not. What do, you, what do you think is the ceiling for this Braves team? You know, it's, it's really hard to come up. I, I did sit down and think about a number, uh, you know, last – the last full season, 2019, they had 97 wins, won the division. 2018, they won 90 games and won the division. So I, I'm thinking 95, 96, 97 wins. They win the division fourth year in a row. Um, I don't want to say World Series or bust because you have the Dodgers in the NL. And, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't know if anybody's been the Dodgers. But, World uh, Series or bust. Yeah, I mean, it, it is World Series or bust. But the Braves, I think they get to the NLCS again. They run up against the Dodgers. And uh, – I don't want to be full homer, so I think I'm going to go Dodgers, especially with uh, adding Bauer in that rotation. I mean, the bat's not lined up. There's there's not an easy out. I mean, even their nine-hole guy could hit. Yeah, I mean, you, you really – unless you have a lineup like the, like the Dodgers, you really can't say, 
World Series or bust because any realistic baseball fan knows how hard it is to win a World Series and how much you have to, you know, I guess baseball, you really, you have to cherish the small victories more than any other sport. I mean, you know, Alabama wins the SEC West. Nobody cares. You know what I'm saying? Even now, you know, what, what Saban has built at Alabama, if they win the SEC, nobody cares. Go win the Natty. It is legit Natty or bust because it's still not easy to win it in football. Don't get me wrong, but it's a hell of a lot easier to win it in football than it is to win a baseball world series. And so, you know, it's Braves fan, you know, you win the division, you have to celebrate those small victories, but once you do that so many times, I mean, how many, how many did they win in the nineties and the early two thousands? And it's just, you know, there's been so many division titles and they just, they can't get back to that world series. And, um, and so, yeah, I know it's 14, 14 in a row. Yeah, it's really hard to really hard to say World Series or bust, but I know as Braves fans, it's, it's getting kind of, <clears throat> you know, you, you're wanting to take that next step as an organization, but it's really hard to do that with those stacked West Coast teams out there. Um, you know, the Braves are playing a little bit backwards baseball on us. Everybody expected the bats and the lineup to be ahead of the rotation through the first week of the season, you know, putting up seven, eight runs a ball game. But the lineup's really struggling. Lester, talk about – you know, Freddie's at 111. Ozzy's not even hitting 100 yet. Um, you know, Ronnie came out of the gates. He, he, he's hitting well. Ozuna isn't hitting. You know, really nobody's living up to their expectations except for Ronnie right now. Talk about what this lineup has to do to get going. Right, right. I agree. Um, yeah, the top four guys in that rotation, I mean, in that lineup, um, Ronald Queen Jr., Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman and Marcelo Zuna, they are, other than Ronnie, I think they're combined like four for 40 or four for 50, just some some absurd number. I know Freddie's picked it up a little bit lately. He had a homer um, up in Philly, but they, they've been terrible. And the thing about that, though, is that's not going to last. And despite that, the Braves have still been in a good position to win ball games um, this season. They've just been incredibly unlucky. I guess it's on the pitching side. Um, the Braves have the fourth highest, like, exit velocity so far in baseball. Um, at least I know they did at the end of that Philly series, and they got swept. That's just really, really incredibly unlucky baseball. There's another weird stat that said that the double that Max Fried hit was harder than any other ball the Philadelphia Phillies hit that day. That's just your pitcher. A pitcher leads the day in exit velocity, and your team takes a loss. That's just really unlucky baseball. Um, of course, Braves get swept, begin the season. There's a lot of hot takes, yada, 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 flat on Twitter from a bunch of idiots, as usual. But, you know, if you, if, if you look at the underlying numbers, there's nothing to worry about. I'm not worried about this team. Now, if they go on to be over the next, you know, three weeks to a month, they're under 500. Okay, there's some issues there somewhere. But I'm, I'm not worried about this team at all. The good thing about baseball is that there's so many numbers. You can always find something to be positive about. Like you're talking about with that exit below, you know, there's always something you can find. Be like, you know, they're just getting unlucky right now instead of just getting pissed that they're not hitting the ball and scoring 10 runs a game. But uh, I thought they swung it a little bit better. Uh, especially in the first game of the doubleheader against the Nats. And uh, granted, it was off of Eric Fetty. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I, it's, it's one thing. Hey, they, yeah. They, uh, they hit Strasburg in that first game. 
Oh, Strasburg. Or was that no, – or that wasn't the doubleheader. Well, that was the first game against the Nats, wasn't it? That was the Tuesday game. Yeah. They hit uh, four solo shots off, off Scherzer. I, I thought we were going to get a win that day. But, <laughs> yeah. but they, uh, I mean, they, they yeah, messed the around Braves and blew are, it. The Braves are sitting at two and four. I mean, you know, the, the game one of the season, they, they had a walk-off and extra innings, the crazy extra innings rule. Anybody can win a game um, with, with those – with that – but the way they're playing extra innings right now. And then, you know, the bullpen blew another one uh, against the Nats. And, uh, and so, you know, Braves could easily sit here, be sitting here four and two right now, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, you, you can rest easier knowing that it's the lineup that's struggling because you know, that's not going to last. I just have too many good bats and it's just going to take one or two games of solid production to get, to get these guys turned around and, uh, and, and have those balls falling in, in spots where, where the fielders aren't, but um, Lester, what what is your prediction? Like, like I was telling Bill, you don't have to give me a number unless you want to. Um, what is what is a realistic expectation for Atlanta this year? Make it to the World Series. I mean, if you look at it, this is the exact same team, the exact same lineup that was one game away. They were up three one on the Dodgers. This exact same team, exact same lineup, was up 3-1 on the Dodgers. And, of course, they blew it. But bring back the exact same team with a legitimate rotation. This isn't a rotation that is, you know, full of, you know, your AAA guys. This is a rotation that has to start Bryce Wilson, even though he shoved it and outdueled Clayton Kershaw in that, um, NLCBS. This isn't a game. This isn't a rotation where AJ Minter has to come out and start a game for you in the NLCS. This is not that. This is a rotation with five. Well, right now with four bona fide starters who are dang good. If they can remain healthy and get to the playoffs, get to the you know win, get to the NLCS, I'll put them up against anybody. I mean, they had the Dodgers beat last year with a garbage rotation. And I'm looking I, – I do not have lowered expectations. I, I fully expect this team to, if healthy, go out and get to the World Series. I completely well, that's, that's what makes me feel good about it. Uh, yeah. with, with, I mean, how far you got last year with the rotation? I mean, you had Max Fried, who's your only proven starter in that rotation. Ian Anderson started, what, like five or six major league games up to that point? And you, you get to, you know, one game of eliminating the Dodgers and going on to the World Series. I forgot about A.J. Minner starting that game until you just said it. Oh, and he shoved, too. He went like four innings. Shoved it. Yes, yes. I mean, the guys balled out. I mean, they balled out. You know, you had had a shitty rotation, but like you said, the the guys that had to step in, they pitched well until, you know, the last three games. But uh, Kyle Wright, man. Golly, Kyle Wright. Wright. I mean, Bryce Wilson, like Lester said, he outdoed Kershaw. And, you know, Kyle Wright kind of – Craft himself. Well, I forget what game it was. He went out there, but he he kind of reminded me of uh, Lester. Close your ears. Faulty against the Cardinals a few years back. Son, I was I, yeah. I'll tell you a funny story. I was I was dove hunting. Yeah. During that game, and I cut it on. I, I was a little bit like I was going to listen to it on the radio. And is is it Ben Ingram is the radio guy? Is that right? Yes. And uh, and I and I cut him on, and I'm I've got it cut down low. You know, you don't want to make too much noise when you're dove hunting. And and it was like 10, 15 minutes after the game started, and he said the score, and I just kind of I was like, what the hell did he just say? And uh, sure enough, yeah, that game was over 
after the first inning. But uh, yeah, we we don't we don't want to bring that up and have Lester throwing his phone and and. Uh, oh, you're good. You're good. Uh, I mean, no, you're good now. He he can't hurt me anymore. So um, I've heard that a million I, I, times. Oh, yeah. I I I wish I could remember that day. I swear I had. I don't know if I was in class, if I was Drink at work. <laughs> I, 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 your, I, head, your head was spinning. I, yeah, I honestly do not remember that day at all. Like, I tell you what, the one thing I do remember is, I, like I said, I don't know where I was, but I pulled up my phone and Jared Carrab is a Red Sox um, uh, writer, podcast, this hilarious. I listen to their podcast um, weekly, but he said, he was he basically said that this game was over. Because there's somebody in this mention saying that, oh, they can come back, you know, yada, yada, yada. He was like, this game's over. That's that's the only thing vividly that I remember from that day. I don't – I mean, I. it's just – it's. I don't know. It's just not there anymore. Well, then lesser. I remember exactly where I was at. And I, I, I don't even think I saw the Braves recording out that day. I forget how many runs Fulte gave up on an instant before we even were recording an out. But I, I turned the game off. Yeah, I'm – I think they gave up. Was it seven in the first or ten? I forget how many yeah, it was. But total, I cut the I game off. Before the first, it, out. It, it was ten in the first. Yeah, then, Fulte gave up seven. Max Freed gave up three. I think. Or, or it the three guys that Max yeah, Freed gave up. They were Fulte's guys. He inherited. It. So, yeah, but it was 10-0 after that first inning. Yeah, and then Lester hey, and, and Freed uh, Freed threw well that series out of the bullpen, didn't he? If I recall, we were calling for him to start that game. That was it because he had. Uh, I, I wish looking back, I wish anybody else other than Fulty would have started that game. He was hurt, <laughs> he was banged up. Dallas Keiko, we go bring him in. He's throwing 86 miles per hour from the left side. He brings so much playoff experience. He's so good. All he did was just sign in the middle of the season, you know, just scratching his nuts, you know, all summer long, not tossing. Then comes to Atlanta. Look, I, all right. I I'm I do not like Dallas Tycho at all. God bless my girlfriend. We went to Atlanta one day um, to a ball game, and she got us great tickets. It was Dallas Tycho versus um, Aaron Nola. So those of you know who know baseball know how this is going to go. And it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. My girlfriend. We we're going to the stadium, and oh, you know, this Aaron Nola has like a four point, you know, something ERA, and Tycho has a. Three point, yeah. I mean, she was rattling off stats. I mean, she likes bas- baseball, but she was just rattling off stats, and I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. Uh, you're about to see um, who's really good here. And sure enough, uh, I think Aaron Nola went seven innings and just carved up Atlanta the entire day. But you know, Brian Snicker and Ellison Thopless, oh, we want Dallas Keuchel start game one. We don't want our phenom Mike Soroka, who nobody can freaking touch. We don't want that guy starting games um, at home. He's a road guy or whatever. It's some bullshit logic they tried to come up with. No, let's not start our best guy. Nah, that's <laughs> tell the story. No, don't do that. But what we're gonna do is gonna start this head case who watches Toy Story three before the biggest game of his life. Dude, what? Look, Nick Saban a couple years ago. Nick Saban. Somebody asked him, "Hey, what do you do before games? Like on Friday nights?" What he's like. I think Nick Saban said he watches Gladiator or 300 or something like that. This dude, the biggest game in Atlanta history, this has been, uh, what, this what, 2018? What, either way, Atlanta finally breaking out. You know, the rebuild is over. You know, yada, yada, yada. Finally making a good pitch, a good um, good push 
And this dude goes home with his children, with his kids, and watches Toy Story 3. Not even the best movie in that series before the biggest start of your life. Are you out of your mind? Why? Why? I'm playing I don't Buster. understand it. I, I don't understand. Why, why not watch 300 or some movie with some violence, <laughs> some killing, some, some, something intense? No, you want to be a family man before the biggest day of your life. Dude, do that shit in the off season. You got like three, four months. You can go to this world. You can do all that stuff. You don't do that before game, what, six or five, whatever. It doesn't matter. You don't do that then. You don't be a – who cares? Screw your kids, bro. You got to go win a ball game. But that guy, he is – Mike Fulton Edwards, he is gone. He's out of here. We don't have to worry about him anymore. He's sucking it up for Texas right now, along with Colby Allard and Charlie Corbison. So, you know. Hey, to be fair, Fulton uh, did no, – There's nothing to be fair about. Against – Against Flaherty, he did show. He went like seven scoreless, didn't he? Yes, yes, he did. Bill, yes, he to, he pitched I, good. I had to go back. He on did. The audio. Hey, and what's that? I might have to go back on the audio because I think Lester said three or four minutes ago before this epic rant that it can't hurt him anymore. Fulty can't hurt him anymore. That sounded he pretty hurt. That sounded hurt, bro. Chase, I, that's hurt. That that is hurt. Maybe, maybe, but you know, maybe he's, all I know, is, and, he's, and, all I know he's, is that when we're at the lake and I cut on Toy Story 3, Lester starts throwing pillows. He gets pissed. That's that's, that's true. Hey, and uh, is, and that was also another reason I was a huge series for the Braves because they had, up to that point they had not won a playoff series since like the early 2000s. So it was that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. and also I'd like to add that. Lester, if I'm correct, I believe your hatred for Keiko goes back even further. Uh, I believe in the original year of our fantasy league that you drafted him. He won you a Cy Young, won the league that year, and then he fell off a cliff. So I, I, I do think you have a deeper hatred for Dallas Keiko. Yes, that is correct. It does go back years. Um, it is 100% irrational. So, yeah, 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 yeah. He screwed me. Um, drafted him in the first round and completely just stunk it up just <laughs> awful and i haven't i've stayed away from him since and i think he's done decent but yeah 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 not a fan of that you guy. know it's it sounds like these things still hurt him chase like the things he says that can't hurt him i don't there's, there's some, faulty yeah there's some pain that's coming from the other end of this computer screen there's there's pain yeah uh, Lester, tell tell a story about when you and Ty went at that game, and then you left, and they scored like four runs in the ninth, and came back and won. <laughs> yes, oh man. Um, so went to Atlanta, had great seats. Saw Degrom versus I don't know who the starting pitcher was for the game, but like, it was hot or something. I mean, it was so hot. Went in like midsummer. No, this was this is game was chilly at night, so it got kind of cold, and we didn't okay. bring jacket. You know, how, you know, women are. I'm cold. I'm ready to go. You know, whatever. Yada yada yada. So saw the ground pitch. Um, I told her. I said, "Look, Yuri's familiar is one of the best closers in the game. I want to see him pitch just to say I saw him pitch, and then we can head out." So saw familiar come in, do his deal. Got up, left, headed out, and halfway to the car, like you just hear screaming or whatever 
Okay, cool. Sure enough, gets his car and cut the uh, radio on. Braves broadcast is going crazy. Somebody walked off. They came back and won or something. Oh, your your like phone that. was blowing up too because because I was yes, you yes, they were out. texting me. Yes, yes, Cause I yes. think because you said something about you leaving, and and I was just blowing your phone up with updates about what happened. And I was I was surprised you didn't turn around and run back in the and through the gate. It was like in Fever Pitch whenever he, he skips the Yankees game, they score eight runs in the ninth. <laughs> it was the greatest game ever. <laughs> Absolutely, and it kind of it kind of reminds me of uh, what was it, the Heat back in whenever LeBron was playing for the Heat, and all yeah. the fans thought they were losing, and they <laughs> all you know come, tried league. to come run back in. <laughs> Hey, Chase, tell tell the story on Lester uh, about maybe the best defensive shortstop at the time in the game uh, when you and him were watching a ball a Braves game at your house back in college. This is back in college, and it was uh it was it was an afternoon game, probably one o'clock first pitch, and and Lester came over. We might have had something on the grill. We might have been sipping sipping on something, but Lester has the shortest temper of any sports fan that you'll ever meet. And it doesn't take much to set it off. Now, if it's a, a player like like Ozzy or Ronnie that, you know, that he he, he picks two or three, three players, yeah, that, that he loves, and they can go over a 1,000. They can do pull a Chris Davis, and Lester will still be back in those guys. But if it's somebody like a Fulte or Dansby Swanson or Andy Simmons, whatever it was, it was the like maybe the second pitch of the game. And – Simmons came up and he rifled one and it had to have gone 10 rows up and Lester bitched about that air for five innings. I mean, Dude. And that, that's probably the only error he made that year. I mean, yeah. the guy was a defensive wizard. He was being irrational with it. I mean, like, like, you know, their team gets a hit and like the third inning be like, well, if, if, if Simmons would have made that play in the first, I mean, we wouldn't give it up the hit. It was the same way when Jimmy Taylor would miss a tip-off to start the game of basketball. Lester would bitch till 11 minutes to go in the first half. I mean, he he would complain and he would talk about Jimmy Taylor missing the tip just because Lester has a radar. And if you're on the if you're on the negative, the, the Lester hate radar, you're in trouble. You better play perfect baseball. And even if you do, you're still going to catch some scrutiny. Oh, I've, I've asked Lester this question several times. Um, I think the guy at the top of that list now is Ender Enciarte. For pretty good reason, but um, yeah. I, I've asked Lester if, if Ender hits a walk off home run to win the you know game seven of the World Series, does he forgive him? And Lester's like, you know, I, I would appreciate that, but it's time to get the hell out. <laughs> Contracts up. Do it, Lester. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the win. Whatever. Get the hell out. Get out. Go scrub it up and go roll over to first base. Go roll over to second base for somebody else. But you know yeah, you what? Did. Good, for, good for that team because they won't pay you nine million dollars to do it, bro. What if they yeah. re-signed, what if they resigned him because of that World Series hit for another four years, thirty million dollars? I say better watch out, right, Lester? Yeah. No, 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 no. He's good. Let Ender go about his business, make his make his money, money that could be spent elsewhere. But you know what? He sucks so bad. Nobody wants to trade for him. But, hey, hey, he's on the bench now. He can hurt me minimally this year. So, we'll see. We'll see. Just come in and give us some good ABs and, the, you know, some substitute defense. We'll see. And he did that the other day. He had a uh, double off the wall, center field, and that's parked. Uh, I thought that ball was going to get out, honestly. But, I mean, it, you know, with him, it, 
I know he's not getting the reps he he was, but uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago he had a 200 hit season, probably what 2016 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sure not what did. Lester wants to hear. I mean, <laughs> hey, he was good at one point. He deserved his contract. You know, he was. I mean, he was one of the best center fielders in baseball defensively. And then that one of you get a breakout offensively. Um, yeah, so I mean, kudos to him, but his time is far spent in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, uh, boys, y'all, y'all know my father. He would be absolutely furious if uh I hosted a or co-hosted a podcast and didn't talk about the Red Sox. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hit on the Red Sox real quick. I know Bill and Lester are not as familiar with the Red Sox as they are the Braves, but since I'm a fan, um, that's my main team uh, is, is the Boston Red Sox. They, they do follow, follow them and watch them a little bit. They have a couple of fantasy players to play for them. Um, my prediction for the Red Sox this year, I'd be happy with 85 and 77. I don't really know if that's going to get you a wild card spot or not. I doubt it just because what the Blue Jays did to their roster um, this year, signing George Springer, that was huge. They have a bunch of young bucks that are really good. Um, New York, of course, just bought everybody up on the East Coast, just like L.A. bought everybody up on the West Coast. Um, Tampa Bay got to the World Series last year, so they're a really good team. They don't have Blake Snell anymore, but, you know, Red Sox, you know, 85-77, I'd be okay with that. Um just because I don't think they're quite there yet. I think Heinblum, their general manager, has a plan, but uh, I, I don't think that involves any any deep playoff runs in the next couple of years. So we'll just have to wait and trust him. And he comes from Tampa Bay, so you know, seeing Tampa Bay have all these bullpen guys throwing 200 miles an hour and seeing them get to the World Series is promising. If you're a Red Sox fan, that he has a plan. Um, but of course, you know the Rays. The Rays had to have like. 38 first round first overall picks in order to, to get that it seems like so that's a little concerning but um you know I you know we, we talked about doing this the Red Sox start 0-3 get swept by the Baltimore Orioles arguably the worst team in baseball uh to, to open the season and then you know ouch Brock yeah the Tampa Bay Rays come in and you know you got Glasnow you know, and that's going to take a turn in the rotation. You got Ryan Yarbrough. So um, Michael Waka, who's had success seven, eight years ago, he's kind of washed up now, but still a good pitcher. And so things aren't really looking promising for Boston, uh, you know, and then, then all of a sudden they just start kicking ass and they've won four straight. Now they sweep the Tampa Bay Rays. Now they go to Camden yards playing Baltimore again. They beat them seven to three today. They have two more against the Orioles and they had play a, pretty tough nine or 10 game stretch coming up. And so, uh, yeah, you know, hopefully the Red Sox can be um, six and four um, or, or whatever the case is after these next two games in Baltimore. Um, rotation wise, Nathan Ebaldi has looked really good through his first two starts. I don't agree with him being a starter just because, you know, he's, he's, he's been injury prone his whole career. He's had a Tommy John surgery. I like him throwing a hundred, 100 plus out of the bullpen but uh you know Tanner Hall they had a young stud they just sent down for some reason um you remember what I said earlier about Charlie Morton being in my opinion one of the best signings um in all of baseball for for a team like Atlanta I think he was a perfect fit meanwhile Boston signs Garrett Richards who I think is probably the worst pitcher signing in Major League Baseball this guy 
was cut because of control problems. So what does Boston think is a smart thing to do? Sign him for a one-year, $10 million deal. That's just pathetic. And uh, through the first turn in the rotation, he was the only pitcher, the only starter that gave up over three runs. He gave up six runs. He actually absolutely got a shit rocked against Baltimore. And um, I think he's got to throw tomorrow, guys. So, uh, you know, y'all, y'all going to have to bear with me because you know how, how I act whenever he pitches. I'll tell you, you're, uh, you're not going to watch the one tomorrow. No, no. And I, and I told you all that back in spring training. No, I said, until this guy puts together three or four consecutive, consistent good starts, I'm not watching him pitch. And uh, even Brock texted me, he's a big Orioles guy. You know, the day he was throwing, he was like, Richards versus so-and-so. He sent me the matchup. And I was like, man, I had to explain to him. I said, I'm not watching this game. I said, this guy is horrible. He pisses me off. Like, you can't be in the major leagues. And I know Lester just bugs the hell out of you, too. You can't be in the major leagues and just not throw strikes, man. I mean, how – and it's not like he's getting paid the league minimum, which would be too much for him. If you can't throw strikes, you don't deserve to make $550,000 or whatever it is now, and much less $10 million. They're paying this guy $10 million to not throw strikes. How frustrating is that? Yeah, that's hella frustrating. And I, I really can't emphasize enough to whoever's listening how big of baseball fans we are. Um, Chase's disdain for um, Garrett Richards starting spring training. Like, we watch spring training games. We are those guys. And Red Sox had to roll, what, the first inning, the second inning. By, the, by, by rolling the inning, is they don't allow the inning to finish. This guy's giving up so many hits or runs. They're just trying to keep his pitch count low because it's, it's spring training. But like you said, those, um, those control issues, which – irks my tail. I hate it. I, I totally understand where, he, where he's coming from because the Braves and these young guys they've had coming up over the last couple of years, you know, you're young, you know, trying to cut your teeth, you know, get a guy on first or get a guy on second and all of a sudden your butthole clenches up like a fist and they say, no, you can't throw strikes and that just irks me to no end. Yeah, especially because I, I've introduced – But, no, man, don't uh, let Chase's pessimism get to you. The Red Sox, they're going to be fun to watch. They're <laughs> yeah. going to be fun to watch. I mean, with yeah, Verdugo, with, with Devers, with, with Bogarts. Who? I mean, Kike yeah. Hernandez. Devers. Who? Devers. Rafael Devers. Is there an Allen here? Who? Dominican Scoops. Shit, man. <laughs> that dude's going to be a, a boss. So, you, um, Red Sox is going to be fun to watch. Like I said, we – I mean, we watch a ton of games. I'm watching Oakland versus Houston right now because – that's what I do. Braves from six to nine and West Coast baseball puts me to sleep. So, you know, that's who I fall asleep with. But yeah, there's, yeah, I hate walks. Um, so a funny story. I, I really am an irrational baseball. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Um, my dad got inducted into our, the Marengo County Hall of Fame and they had the stats up. And a buddy of ours, Ryan, sent them to me, whatever. I think my dad had like 40-something Ks and 30-something walks. I said, dude, I would have hated my own dad because he walks too many people. Yeah. And that's dead ass. I wouldn't have wanted to watch Nolan Ryan, man. <laughs> right, right. I mean, he'll K you up, but hey, he's going to walk, guys. So he's I think like, it was just for one season, but, that, he, but yeah, I hate walks. Throw strikes, people. Throw strikes. So that's why I like Josh Tomlin for the Braves. Lester was uh, – Lester Sr. was Eddie Calvin Lelouch. And he goes – he goes, walked 18. <laughs> New league record. <laughs> Struck out 18. 
another new yeah. believer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, and, and as far as the lineup goes, uh, up in Boston, Devers is my most frustrating guy. Just just because you know he's actually hit better the last two games as we're recording this. He, he homered today, four hundred and fifty-two feet in, in in Camden. He was wearing the socks up, Lester. Might I add? So look for Devers to be wearing the the high socks more often. Um, some super superstition going on there, but you know he just and I think one of my biggest pet peeves in baseball is the strikeouts, and it's because I think there's a time and place you know, to swing for the fence whenever you're 0-2 or whatever. But there's also a time and place to shorten up and try to put the ball in play. Whenever you've got a guy on third base and there's no outs or one out and you got these guys with these big leg kicks and they're just swinging with everything they have on an 0-2 slider in the dirt, I'm like, what the hell are you trying to do? Like, what, what, what are we doing? What kind of approach is that? And I know that's the hot thing in baseball is to swing for the fence every time. And if you strike out, who cares? But Rafi's one that really does that with me. Um, you know, whenever he gets to those 0-2 and 1-2 and counts with a guy on third, less than two outs, you know, instead of choking and poking, it's this big leg kick and, you know, he swings so hard. He's got a whip around swing and it's just, it's frustrating because he strikes out so much. But uh, J.D. Martinez absolutely murdering the baseball right now. He's uh, actually third in the American League in average um, right behind Cedric Mullins, who's number two, who's the center fielder for the Orioles. And then number one is Christian Vasquez, the Red Sox catcher. He's hitting an even 500 through the first week of the season. Very impressive what he's been able to do with his offensive game. Xander Bogarts had seven hits in three games versus the Rays in that series. So he's the guy that had a shoulder injury, didn't get to play in spring training until the last 10 or 12 games, or I think the last 10 games of, of spring training. So he's kind of still getting back into his rhythm and uh, and finding it there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting too much from the Red Sox. you got Chris Sale coming off of TJ surgery. He's looking to be back on the hill maybe end of July, early August, if he has a minor setback. So you're hoping that everything goes well with his rehab. And, um, you know, he's throwing already. But uh, it's going to take a long time to ramp back up for him. And I think if the Red Sox can add him in the rotation, help like Lester was talking about with Atlanta, is, is, a, is a big thing for Boston as well. Eddie Rodriguez, who was a 19-game winner in 2019, um, had a heart issue once he got COVID last year, sat out the whole year. He just turned 28 years old. And so if he can stay healthy, much like a Mike Soroka or Charlie Morton, you know, the Red Sox need that guy. And um, if Evaldi's the same way, he's had injury issues. And if you can find a solid top three in the rotation, I think they can, you know, maybe snag a wild card spot and with the lineup that they have, it's a lot like Atlanta and they can do some damage in the playoffs. And they, they should hit, they got the bats to hit. And and you're seeing that with JD. I think a big thing for him was, uh, you know, last year they banned the, you know, the video, uh, you know, the iPads and the dugout watching, you know, uh, video. So I think, and that's the big thing they said, you know, previous to the short season last year, that was huge in his preparation. And I think that shows because he's not going to cover off the ball this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I had J.D. in fantasy. Unfortunately, I couldn't protect him because we we keep nine guys in our league. So I kept four bats and five pitchers. And um, he was my fifth bat. He was my fifth highest projected. And so when I was trying to make my case to sell him to another guy in our league, that's exactly what I said. I was like, hey, 
I said, you know, talking about the iPads, they, they outlawed it last year, and that really screwed his swing up. He hit 213 last year. And uh, then, you know, the last week of spring training, he really came on. And um, now, he's, now he's knocking the piss out of the ball. You know, we hope to keep it up. But um, Lester, let's talk about let, – let's go ahead and do World Series predictions. How about this? We'll, we'll go ahead and do that. That's a little bit more interesting. I had some more topics on here, but uh, we talked about Atlanta for a hell of a long time. So we'll, uh, we'll go ahead. Lester, let's start with you. Give me a World Series prediction, a World Series matchup, one team from the American League, one team from the National League. They're going to combine for a seven-game set in late October, early November. Who are the two teams and who comes out on top? Don't say the Dodgers. That's so vanilla. I know that, you know, that's the obvious pick with everybody. Let's just, for the, for the argument's sake of this podcast, let's just say you can't say the Dodgers in the National League. Lester, who you got? Oh, I was going to Atlanta anyway. Well, yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. World Series or bust. World Series. Yeah, yeah. Right, Atlanta. American League? Who do you like out of the American League? Doesn't matter. Um, I'll say, mm, I'll say the Yankees. Um, they've passed up the rotation. They can stay healthy with Judge and Stanton, oh, even though they're going to KO eight times a game apiece. Um, be the last. I think. I think. I guess you're on. Touch your ass off. I think it'll be the Braves over the Yankees with their rotation led by Garrett Cole. Oh yeah, uh, Lester. I'm, I'm kind of going. I'm going the opposite. Dude, I, I don't. I don't think the Yankees get to the World Series. They. I don't think they bolstered their rotation. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, you, you got Garrett Cole and then Jameson Tyon, who Suck. hadn't pitched a full season in what? <laughs> yeah. two two yeah. years. Like, and then your your uh, your wife beater Domingo Herman. Uh, he hadn't pitched in what a year and a half. I don't. I don't think the Yankees. Uh, I don't think they get to the World Series. Now, like I said earlier, I, I think I would go. Dodgers, but like you said, that's the vanilla answer. We're not going with that. I'm gonna go Braves over the White Sox in six. Oh, oh that's man, a good one. Bill. Yeah, I forgot about the White Sox, dude. That yeah, was mine. I swear, I have it written down right here. I've got the White Sox losing the World Series in six games to the San Diego Padres. Give me the pods. Hey, dude, that's that's a good choice. I, I like, think they're gonna have a tough yeah. road to the playoffs, though. Dude, I like because the they're. They do. Yeah, I like the rotation. Uh, I like Snell and Lamette and Paddock. And, I mean, they got hella arms Darvish. Darvish. And then, you know, that lineup, you know, with Machado and Tatis leading the way, I think they got some pieces. I think they can trade for whatever they need at the deadline. I think they have a pretty good farm system. And, and yeah, I think they can get whatever piece they need and become a complete team the second half of the season and, and push and win a World Series. So what do you are you giving them a chance to knock off the Dodgers in the NL West? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and of course, you know, the Dodgers are going to be the favorite throughout the whole 162 games. They just, you know, I think their lineup's better than the 27 Yankees. I mean, they've got so many Hall of Fame potential guys on that team. Bill loves to bring up the Cody Bellingers when an MVP before the day age of 25, blah, blah, blah. You got Mookie Betts. I mean, they got like four or five MVP winners on that damn team. So uh, yeah, and, and not to mention they just add Trevor Bauer like it's nothing, and it's just not even. It, it wasn't fair anyway. Now it's really not fair. But uh, yeah, I mean, if any, I think I think in my opinion, I like the Braves and their lineup, but I like the Padres. I think their rotation slightly better. I think they have more horses now. If Soroka comes back and he is one hundred percent a go 
for the playoffs, I think my mind changes because I personally think Soroka is the best pitcher on the staff. I think he's better than Freed, Morton, and Anderson. Whenever he's on, that guy is borderline unhittable, and he's shown glimpses of that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. I I think he's just – I don't know if he doesn't get enough love because, like you said earlier in the podcast, he's not a huge strikeout guy. He's never but, there. Hey, look, I don't, I don't, he's never I don't care how he does it. What's his long, what's the you longest know? time frame that he's pitched in Atlanta without getting hurt? That's true. Because he, he, uh, he got, he had that shoulder issue is when he first, because he came up through against the Mets, uh, his debut and threw great. And then he, uh, he was out for a couple months with his shoulder. I think that ended the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, and, and that's when I, yeah. And then, yeah, because he, he's not talked about and he's overlooked just because I don't, I don't think he's he's thrown enough innings. And so people tend to forget about him. And Max is there every fifth day dominating and shoving. And then, you know, I think Morton's going to have a great year. Um, but, yeah, I think Mike is the best pitcher on the staff if he's healthy. But Yeah, uh, people, people who watch baseball and really know baseball, you love watching Mike Soroka pitch. That two-seamer – just a way that you know he's not a strikeout guy. He hides the ball but, so well. Yes, you can tell when people when they swing and they think they're about to jack one about four fifty off of them, and they just look stupid because that two seamer, that sinker, they think they got the bead on it, and bloop, they don't. Isn't the ball's in the mitt and you swung out of your shoes, and then that. You know, that spring training um, when he came in, that curveball he's throwing is gross, absolutely. So that guy, he has weapons. I think he's going to continue to develop. He's going to – he has strikeout stuff for sure. But he's dang sure going to frustrate the hell out of any batter once they roll over to second or short all game long. So that yeah. dude is a but, boss. Well, he's just not flashy. He's not like your your uh, Garrett Cole that's going to go out there and get 10 punch outs or DeGrom and punch guys out left and right. But, hey, that's what uh, Commissioner Manfred should like, right? He's, that, doesn't that speed the game up? More action, more balls put in play? That's right. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about that later if we have time right at the end of the podcast. But, you know, the thing about Mike, I mean, he, he's a, he pitches down in the zone. But if he has to, he'll run 95 up in your eyes real quick, you know. And it's like he holds that ball so long, and that's what makes – I was I – was, a pitcher more than a hitter back when I played. And so I, I follow pitching a little bit closer. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, is he even going to throw the ball? Cause I mean, he has that thing so long and that front shoulder doesn't come open until the absolute last second. And so, and he throws it in that tunnel where, you know, it can, it can either hook on you or it can, it can come, come in straight at 95, 96, or he can break off at 91, 92 for that sinker or with the changeup. And so, yeah, he's got a very impressive four pitch repertoire, but, uh, Bill, this is a – Bill, let, let's move on. We're going to start with you on this. Let's go first. Y'all want to go Cy Young or MVP with, with predictions? Which which one do y'all want to go first? I would go Cy Young. Okay. Or just like the Dodgers, and Bill's going to hate me for this, Bill. I'm sorry. Just like the Dodgers, you cannot predict Jacob DeGrom to win the Cy Young for the National League. Well, I I don't know then. Uh, yeah. Bill doesn't know any other National League pitcher except for Jacob Degrom. Well, well, that's that's answer one one A one B one C is Degrom. So I, I don't Lester, who you got? That's right. Um. Well, for the Cy Young, um, National League, interesting. I got I got mine. If you want me to go first, I can. Uh. 
I'll go. Hmm. I don't know. No Dodger players. I mean, no, you can do a Dodger player, or, just not not Degrom. Well, well, oh, hey, not Degrom. The guy that's won it three out of the last four years. Yeah, I'll go. Um, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Trevor Bauer. I like the guy. Uh, he won the AL. He won the AL Cy Young uh, last year, and knowing the kind of guy he is, he's going to try to rack up and get as much notoriety as possible. So I think he'll for sure be gunning for that uh, that NL Cy Young. I, he may be the first player. I don't know if anybody's ever won the NL and AL back to back, but um, that'll be pretty Jacob cool. Jacob Degrom. Jacob Degrom. Uh, Look at my fantasy name, Lester. Back to back Cy Young. Yeah, Take it the ground. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, in about, different leagues. Though. Yeah, he's talking about AL to NL. Oh, oh, well, no, he won it in the uh, NL last year. Oh, yeah, he's from Cincinnati. These were the Reds. Bieber won it last year in the American League, right? Yeah, Bieber won that's it. That's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah, with that's the right. He was with the Reds. Yeah, Reds are National League. That's right. That's right. Um, you want my American guess, League? Yeah, yeah. AL Cy Young. AL Cy Young, Lucas Giolito. Nice. That's what, nice. that's a good pick. I, I that's who. Um. I don't want to – I was kind of doing the same thing. You're like, no uh, no DeGrom or no Garrett Cole. So, I kind of went Giolito. Okay. You that's like that's where I went as well. <clears throat> How about yeah. this? How about this? Uh, my my NL Cy Young winner, I'm going with another Dodgers guy. I'm going just a, just a little bit younger than Bauer. Bill, you want to guess? I like where you're heading. Uh, Walker Bueller. That's right. Yeah. Give me give me. Bueller I like that pick. And then the American League. Pitching for the Twins, not Bill's guy. Lester's former guy. Good one. Yes. Good one. Picked up his second win of the of the season tonight. Threw a, a no-hitter through, yeah, through six, six, and they pulled him after 86 pitches. Yeah, had another six-inning performance tonight, and, uh, yeah, he's rolling. I think he gets a lot of run support, takes a lot of pressure off. Uh, twins have a good lineup, especially once they get Donaldson back. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go with Barrios in the American League and Bueller in the National League. Yeah, Giolito was one of my guys too. I picked him up first in fantasy for anybody else, but that was when he was a young guy. Of course, Lester yeah. been watching him since he was with the Nats. Yeah, Lester. Knows like him. people, people, I'm trying to emphasize to you how much we love baseball. Look, Lucas Giolito came up with the um, Nationals uh, organization and was traded for. Adam Eaton at the time. What a, what a steal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah what, what a steal. steal. Not as much as the Braves got from hey. Max Freed. Y'all informed me the uh, other day. just hit one about four, whatever that wall is back there. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was a huge – hey, look, Eaton, Eaton was a good player with Washington. He won a World Series there. So, I mean, for the Nats, you say it worked out. But, man, that Giolito, he's, he's going to be a stud for many years to come. Yeah, Lester. Lester, I'm glad he's at the end at least. Lester claims that he babysitted these these kids that, and that he's he's watched them grow up through middle school ball and high school, and he makes it's true. And so, yeah, he, he he thinks that he deserves all them in fantasy because of those reasons. But uh, Bill, it's true. I dis- <clears throat> I discovered them. You discovered them. You're like the Keith Miller of Major League Baseball. Remember that guy oh, no. that claims like he's the best <laughs> scout in the country or whatever? He, yes. He holds, yes. Scout, he holds scouting camps with these, like, two-star recruits out in Arizona. <laughs> but, uh, all right, Bill, uh, we, so we got the Scions covered. Let's go MVP. Bill, give me an NL and an AL MVP. All right, Chase, close your ears. 
NL MVP, Mookie Betts. I'm sorry. Okay. That, uh, well, the thing is, like, you know, people, last year. Look, yeah, people don't understand that. I, I wasn't – if you understand the situation of what the Red Sox were in with their luxury tax situation, they're bringing in a small market guy, and he really has never had money to play with, so to speak, before. So his main goal is to get under the luxury tax – the Red Sox had already lowballed Mookie and pissed him off. I, I'm more mad at that than anything because that's the best player in baseball. You don't lowball that guy. And um, there was some rumors that he didn't want to be in Boston for his entire career. So I understand the whole situation. Now, honestly, I wish we'd have gotten more for him. I like Jeter Downs and Connor Wong, but I wouldn't have minded Bruce R. Greater all. And, and everybody saw what a, what a beast he was in the postseason last year. I'd love to have that guy in the pen. But um, I don't think the return was was as good as it could have been. But um, but as, as if you understand the business side of the game, you understand that the Red Sox, you understand why they did what they did. Now, you don't want to give up Mookie bets, but I think over the next 10 to 15 years, because it reset all those luxury tax penalties, now Boston can go be big spenders whenever they want to. Whenever they find the offseason – that they have their roster and they're like, okay, we're all healthy. We're ready to go. Now we can go get two or three big time free agents. They don't have to hesitate. So I think in the future, it was better for Boston regarding the luxury tax. You know, you hate to see Mookie go, but that's not one of those guys that I hold a grudge against. I love Mookie Betts. I, I watch him every chance I get. Oh, dude, he's, he's a stud. He's, he's fun to watch, but man, I hate when the Braves play him because he kills us. Oh, he kills everybody. So that's your NL MVP. What about AL? <laughs> All right, so AL, I'm, I'm going to kind of make the, the same Dodger rule. Uh, obviously, I think Mike Trout, because, I mean, the guy's been, like, top three in M- MVPs the last decade, pretty much since he came out in the league. But I'm going to go dark horse on you. Very unpopular choice. Lester's going to like this choice. But very unpopular choice throughout baseball. BB's going to hate it. Jose Altuve. Oh, okay. Yeah, hot start. Definitely, definitely out to a hot start. Uh, Lester, AL and NL MVP, who you got? National League, Ronald McLean Jr. Damn. He's going to do it. Damn he's going to do it. I, I'm, I'm going to stop letting you go second. I'm going to start just going gonna first. go. He's going to go 40-40 if he stays healthy. I agree, man. He's probably going to go 45-45. He's on my list. Yeah, I, whenever he came up, um, you know, Braves fans wanted the MVP that year, and I'm like, give him two or three years. Now it is two or three years, and it's his time. And and he's probably going to win the Gold Glove if people keep testing him. Bryce Harper found out real quick. You don't run on that guy. They're going to learn today. Right, they're going to learn today. Who's your so, AL guy? Oh, my bad. AL guy. Here we go. Oh. I want this guy to stay healthy all year. Shohei Otani, AL MVP. <laughs> Please, he healthy, he's God, stay. if he stays healthy, if he can keep that stamina up, you know, if, if pitching and hitting doesn't wear him down, man, guys, that guy hit 101 on the gun. Then 10 minutes later, literally 10, 12 minutes later, smacked the hell out of a ball up in the zone 115 miles per hour off the bat. Yeah, 97 on our heater. Yes. Like, turned it around hey, it, real quick. If it rubbed ESPN, they would have gave that award to him yesterday. So, you, you might have a good shot there. The, the national media loves him. Right. And media is, is big in MVP voting. So, 
Yeah, I'm gonna go my guy Ronnie and uh, Otani for MVPs this year. And now another guy, uh, I'm surprised you. I know you got to go Homer Acuna, uh, which is not a bad pick, but Soto, you got to watch out for Soto too. Yeah, yeah, Soto for sure. He he's gonna win a Silver Slugger. I mean, that dude's gonna hit three, shoot, at least three hundred with thirty five bombs. I mean. He ain't much in the field. He's not the best fielder. He's not going to steal a bunch of bases, which I'll take about the MVP race. But, yeah, that, that guy's – he's a stud. And he, he has some good some MVPs in the future um, for sure. I, I see at least one for him. Yeah, I have I have Ronnie winning the NL just – I mean, he's talking about going 50-50. That's what he wants to do. He's setting maybe borderline unrealistic goals for himself. But, hey, the guy's got – he's got passion. He's got ambition. He's got – you know, stuff that he wants to accomplish, and he's he, he, he's a hard worker. He's determined. He's young. I mean, plays a lot of energy, a lot of fire. I, I, I would not be surprised if he wins the NL MVP. <clears throat> and then, uh, of course, you know, the AL MVP is none other than Yerman Mercedes. Am I right? He's off to an extremely <laughs> hot start. That guy's – Yeah, week, week one MVP is that guy. That guy's got Hall of Fame written all over him. He's definitely your AL MVP, you know. I mean, over the next 155 games, he's just he's not slowing down. He's gonna be the best hitter in the history of baseball ever. Best hitter ever. Well, like like I, I did tell you the other night that uh they they were talking about it on the White Sox broadcast is that he's hit through every level of the minor leagues. It's just he never really had a position. And now I I, I don't know is he catching a lot or is he more of, I think he's more of a DH, but DH, uh yeah, Grandall's catching. But you, I mean, you got to get that bat in the lineup. The way the way he's hitting it, you got to get him in the lineup. Absolutely. So, um, guys, we'll close with this. And you know what? You, you can. This is a subject that I feel strongly about. Just because, as much as I love baseball, I can't sit there and watch it. Bill's got more patience than just about any other person I've ever met in my life. He will sit there and watch baseball for hours. I'm like, dude, I got to be doing something. Like, I'll watch two or three innings at a time, but I'm not going to sit there for four hours and watch a baseball game drag out. So, you know, if you like the game the way it is now, go ahead and tell me that. That's fine. Um, this is all personal opinion. But, Lester, would there be anything in, anything that you would do to the game of baseball, either to make it more enjoyable for viewers or to just speed the game up, period? Um, well, I'm kind of like Bill. I, I can sit and watch baseball all day if I could. Um, I'm I'm not one of these speed the guy speed the game up guys. Um, one thing I do hate in baseball because it's starting to trickle down into the lower levels also. But ban the shift. Not don't ban. You don't have to ban the shift, but the sec the second baseman and the shortstop should not be able to cross into the other side of the sec of the second base bag. Like, you shouldn't have a second baseman on the third base side of the back, and your shortstop shouldn't be on the first base side of the side of the infield. That's got to stop. Number two, their feet cannot hit the outfield grass. Absolutely not. You got to do one of those things. I'm so sick and tired of seeing Freddie Freeman getting hits robbed. Oh, there's so many strikeouts in the game and yada, yada, yada. Strikeouts are okay. I'm okay with strikeouts. Guys are throwing 102 with a – 90 mile power slider. I'm expecting the strikeouts, but don't rot the hit away from the guy. Like right now, watch this Astros game. 
there's one guy, the third base is playing shortstop. Freaking, is that Altuve? Altuve is in front in of right the field. right fielder. In right field. That's stupid. You know what's going to happen? Freddie Freeman, he's going to put one perfectly between the first baseman, the second baseman, and guess who's going to be there in right field? The freaking shortstop. It's stupid. You got to make an adjustment. Look, Freddie Freeman will go to all fields. He does. He does. Then why is he not hitting 400? I I don't know. I I, I mean, nobody's going to hit 400. He ain't Ted, Ted Williams. But the shift, something has to be reined in on the shift. And I know in baseball, you know, you want to get the next contract. You want your money. If you're a lefty, you just want to pull the ball and hit a homer all the time. That sucks. I'm sorry. That sucks. I, I don't like that. And it's starting to trickle into college. And you know what? College guys aren't good enough to hit 200, but you hit 30 bombs. That ain't going to happen in college baseball. The shift needs to be reined in, needs to be cut. And there's, there's some kind of regulation on it because – it's BS. Get more guys on the base pads. Get more hits in the game. Well, let's go. I hate the shit. I hate it, and I will always hate it. Okay. Um, Bill, is there is there anything about Major League Baseball that you would change? Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of with Lester on the shift. Not a big fan of it. I don't really know if they're going to change that. You know, it's so hit or miss because you know you get that ball. You're you know you're your team's in the field, and they hit a ball, rocket right out the middle, and Ozzy Albies is sitting right there. I mean, it, that's, that's a good feeling, but I can't tell you how many times you've had that opposite feeling where you get robbed of a hit. Um, so it's, it's extremely frustrating. But I'll tell you one thing uh, that I really want to see, and I think we're going to get D.A.s in the National League. I wasn't so sure about it um, until last year, and then you actually have that D.H. And, man, I'll tell you, there's nothing more frustrating, maybe the shift, but – is whenever you get uh, – you got a rally going and then you see where you are in the lineup and you look and it's the freaking pitcher coming up to hit. There's nothing more frustrating. I was listening to the Mets that, game today and, and they had a situation where uh, the guy was just losing it on the mound. I mean, he, he, he was so – I mean, his mind was so dicked and, and he, he walks like two guys, gives up a single, and the bases are loaded with one out and here comes the pitcher. And – of course, he rolls over one. He can't bunt, so he rolls over one to second and gets an ending-inning double play. And the guy just got bailed out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm definitely all for that. Dude, I want, I want to see the best hitters in baseball hit. I want to see J.D. Martinez playing in the National League. You know, guys like that hitting. But I, don't, I want to see Marcelo Zuna, you know, long-term playing for the Braves, not in the left field, but hitting the ball. Like, that's, that's what you want to see those guys do. You don't want to see the pitcher – Coming up to the plate, you're gonna see Max Freed or Soroka rolling up to the plate. Even though Freed's not a, you know, as pitchers go, he's he's not terrible. But uh, yeah, that's that's one thing I'd like to see. And I guess like for the speed of the game, I know that's been been a hot topic uh, in baseball lately. I don't know how do you, I mean how do you speed the game up? You know, the minor leagues they got the pitch clock. Oh, I got something. Uh, that, I guess. I mean that saves a few. That, I mean that saves a few minutes off. But like when you're watching a three-hour-long baseball game must five yeah. minutes, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to – yeah, we're not going to shave off an hour of the game. There, there's no way. But I think in certain situations – and to me, it's not really the three-hour games I'm, I'm referring to. It's those four, four-and-a-half-hour games that only go, like, nine or ten innings. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, oh, gosh, four-and-a-half games, would it go 13, 14 innings? Like, no, I went nine. 
there was just 58 pitching changes. I think the three the three batter minimum is very is a very good rule. Um, I'm glad they're sticking with that. Um, I would like to see yeah a universal DH because you know you don't want guys maxing out their careers at 35 years old just because they can't play the field anymore. And and then you know you're just and, and if a a free agent situation comes up with somebody like Ozuna, and he's 36, 37 years old. And you got the Braves trying to re-sign him to play left field, but then you got this American League team trying to pull a David Ortiz or a Nelson Cruz with a, hey, man, we know you hate playing the field. Um, you can just come and hit. That's all we want you to do. Don't even bring your glove. Just come and hit. And uh, Well, I, I yeah. think that's what cost uh, BMAC his whole career with the Braves. Probably. I mean, because you, hey, you, you, you I mean, got one better than that. Agent. Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I got one better than that. Go ahead. You look at BMAC, I mean, he, he signs with the Yankees because, you know, long-term, look, he can still catch for the next couple of years. Um, but eventually, he's just going to have to hit. And then, obviously, you know, he gets traded to, to the Astros, doesn't really stay healthy, and then he comes back and plays one last year with the Braves. But, I mean, that's – I mean, guys like that, you know, you're you're cutting their careers and you're cutting their opportunities for sure. I think um, I think it was last offseason, the NLD – I mean, Chipper Jones – Chipper Jones and Derek Jeter played for roughly the same amount of time. I think pretty dang close to the same amount of games played. But via the DH, Jeter had a couple hundred more batting appearances over Chipper. And when, when Chipper said that, I was listening to an interview, it, it blew my mind. It's because he you had know, to take the day off while Jeter got the DH on his days off. Probably, and, you know, Chipper Chipper ended with four hundred and sixty something homers. I don't know. Hey, Chipper could be hitting five. Could have hit five hundred and fifty. I mean, easily five hundred if he could have DH'd. I mean, Chipper said to himself he would have played a, another couple of years. I mean, it would have extended his career if he had a DH. But that one stat blew my mind when he compared him and Jeter's numbers and said that Jeter actually got a couple hundred more chances than him simply because of the DH. So, Hey, and, and another way to look at it, too, is that lineup rolls over more because you're not having that pitcher hit yep. nine hole. So that you're getting yep. more guys that can hit, so the, the lineup's turning over more, so you get more opportunities. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's definitely the reason. And then, yeah, obviously what, what I was talking about is like, hey, do you want the day off? You just want to f- focus on hitting today? It's like, yeah, I'll just hit today. I mean, you do that ten times a year while – the other guys take the day off in the National League. You're looking at 40 more at bats over a year. You know, you do that over a 20 year career. You do the math. But uh, yeah, hey, I, I've got some, and, and <clears throat> of course, you know, granted them, I know these will never happen, right? Some of them. Now, some of them I think are possible. But most of them will never happen. But you want to talk about speeding the game up? He, here's some. Here's some things. <clears throat> excuse me. First of all, yeah, do, do the pitch clock. And I think it'd be 20 seconds max. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even be mad if you got it down to 15 seconds because this is your job. You don't have anything to do all day except for study the opposing team and study the study their scouting reports. Everything's on film, everything is online. Nobody has any secrets. They know if you can't hit the down and in breaking ball. They know if you struggle with the fastball up in the zone. You know what I'm saying? You should know all this before the game. Get your ass on the hill and let's go. Um, another thing, I, I don't 
I don't mind the wristbands. Alabama baseball does it. I don't know how many other teams do it. I haven't really paid attention. But the wristbands on the pitcher, just call out a number and let's go. That way, whenever there's a guy on second, the catcher doesn't wait and then look up at the hitter and then go through about 10 signs. Just, just call a number and let's go. And, and I know, like, like I said, I know it's not that easy, but that's some things that I think would, would speed up the game. Another thing, like, like slow pitch softball. Once you hit a home run, bat flip the hell out of it, pimp the hell out of it. Once you touch first base, go back to the dugout. What do y'all think of that one? <laughs> I like Ronnie doing his little step around thing he does at third base. It's just going to yeah, get you thrown at more. Hey, I, I, that's, that's, that's rich coming from you because you watched Big Poppy take a minute to circle I the bases. I, I didn't even like <laughs> and it. And I love it. I love I every like, second of it. Like I said, I you do. might you might shave off like three minutes a game doing that. That's what I'm saying. We're not trying to shave an hour off, but yeah, um, bat flip. And then you know, I think if if you throw at a guy intentionally, I think that it should be like hockey. Instead of having a 10 minute bench clearing brawl where everybody comes out, baseball players are the biggest pansies on earth. There's never any good fights because everybody gets out there. They shove around for 10 minutes. Then they got to separate everybody. There's some trash talking going on. Somebody's shirt may be ripped, but there's rarely any blood. And, and then, you know, the umpires got to sort out who was throwing punches and who was shoving the hardest and who's got to get ejected. Dude, let it be like hockey. If you're going to throw at somebody intentionally, drop the bat, drop the glove, meet in front of home plate. You've got 15 seconds. Y'all go at it. First baseman can't help. Catcher can't help. Third baseman can't help. Nobody can help. Nobody leaves the bench. You got 15 seconds. Y'all set it like right there. Then y'all both go to the dugout, bring in a new pitcher or whatever. <laughs> that's that's what I would do. No, hey, I, no I do kind of I kind of like that idea. Yeah, I, I do like that. We started, you know, with our our fantasy hockey league. We started watching a little more hockey this year, so I I do like that rule. You just go out there, you know. Throw, throw uh, punches until somebody hits the dirt or, you know, 15 seconds, whatever it is. And then, you know, that's it. Just keep, you know, keep going. And, uh, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, and, and it makes me I, mad that, that pitchers are so soft because they know that they've got three guys coming to help them before that hitter even gets to them. When, if the hitter beats them out there, he's got one punch, maybe. He's got maybe three or four seconds. And he's got – thing is, the first base, second base – or the first base, third base, and catchers, usually the three biggest dudes on the field. So you got – it's four on one. Three of those dudes are pretty bulky. And, you know, the catcher's in full gear. He, don't, he, don't, he ain't worried about getting hit. And so the batter's at a disadvantage. Meanwhile, that pitcher just took 98-mile-an-hour fastball, which is a weapon, and hit you with it on purpose. And don't give me this yes. shit about how he wasn't yes. doing that intentionally anymore. Because these pitchers, yep. like I said, you're in the major leagues. You're getting paid millions of dollars. They throw billions of pitches per year, man. They know exactly where everything is going. Now, sure, every once in a while you get a head case. But 99% of the time, you can tell if there is some intent behind the pitch. If you let a breaking ball slip out and hits a guy in the helmet, oh, well. You know, you ain't really worried about an 82-mile-an-hour slider that slipped out of your hands and hit somebody on the back foot. But you run 95 up in somebody's ribs, there is some intent with that. And I think that the batter should have a fair shot at the pitcher. I agree. I agree. We, we, we got to get throwing at people out of baseball. I mean, look. If you KO, you know, you got the bases jammed, it's two outs, and 
you K up that third out, you're running, stumping, yelling to the dugout. But if that same guy pimps a homer, you know, a little backflip and looks at it for two seconds, you're going to get pissed and throw 98 of them next time? You're gonna no, that's, that's bullcrap. Cassianos, like for the Reds, like he's going to score – and then the right. pitcher, the pitcher need him in the ribs whenever he slid in the home plate. He gets up, flexes at the pitcher, yells at him, and gets suspended for two games. Right. What the hell are we yeah, doing? I, right? I, yeah, that, that was bullshit. That I don't know what nah. Manfred's doing, but I mean some of these suspensions and then it's just assault it's yeah, a I mean, it's, game. It really is. It is. Hey, you know, uh, I think Nolan retire or Nolan Ryan's gonna come out of retirement uh, with your new hockey fighting rule. Yeah, he'd whoop some ass. I don't know if yeah, yeah, about say I don't think Ventura is gonna come out of retirement, but I think Nolan Ryan might be waiting. Yeah. Um, and so let's see. Um, another thing. But this is this is more towards relievers and really actually every inning, throw less warm-up pitches. How how many how many times I mean a guy throws in the bullpen for an inning? It's the same distance, the mound is the same height. Why you gotta get on the field and throw 12 more pitches? Get up there, throw two or three, and let's go. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, that that's also something that takes a lot of time. Whenever you're changing pitchers in the middle of an inning, you don't need to get up there and throw 10 to 12 pitches, man. Like, you've been throwing for 30 minutes over there. Your body's ready to go. Get your ass up there and let's throw the ball. What do y'all think about that? That's, I mean, that's another commercial break you had in the game there. <laughs> the A's, uh, Astros are doing it right now. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't think there's any, you know, going up there throwing 10 to 12, maybe maybe cut down to six or something, you know. Um, and, and that might be uh, – I'm not sure I hadn't paid too much attention in college, but do they have a pitch clock on – I mean, I think there's a clock for in between innings or warming up like that yeah. in that situation. Yeah, you know. I mean, and then, honestly, the, in, in the college game, you don't – I mean, it's not like the pitchers – they've had in college for a couple of years now, and it's not like the pitchers ever rushed. No, it's not. And that's why it's a good rule. And, and Major League Baseball needs to look at that because, you know, college has been the guinea pig for it. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's been been very, very well done. And that needs to be implemented at, at the highest level. Um, my last thing is less mound visits. Like I said, maybe one every two innings by a coach and then maybe one for a catcher. Like I was watching, like, I cannot remember which one it was. It wasn't Red Sox for the Braves. It was some other game might have been a West Coast game late, but uh, the cat, the coach, the pitching coach came out there for <clears throat> a, a little chat. This guy was blowing up on the hill, and then the catcher came out there like two or three times throughout the inning. I'm like, dude, sit your ass behind the plate. Let him figure it out. If you can't get him out of there, you know what I'm saying. And I know they have a three batter minimum, but that's another thing I would like to see is less mound visits. I don't really know the number. Um, that you can shrink it to, but whatever it is now, cut it in half. Like I said, these guys are professionals. This is the highest level. If they need you to come out there and hold their hand, they don't need to be in the game. Yeah, because what? What's the? Is it at like six or something now? And, it, and I it's don't know. Rare the, and I think they've that, cut it. it, it down, never, mm-hmm. But they need to cut it even farther down. I mean, well, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like they ever really get close to that. Yeah, say if it's six, it doesn't seem like there's. I mean, it's pretty rare with a team's like, oh, you know, I can only go out there one more time. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I, you know, they could cut that number down and, and probably speed it up a little bit. And, you know, in, in, the, in the playoffs, I don't mind if you crank it back up because whenever there's a pitch and change in the playoffs and your team's in the playoffs, then, you know, you're talking with your buddies. You're like, okay, this guy's coming in. He's got that, he's got that change up. I mean, you know, you, you know the matchups as a fan if you really follow the team and follow what's going on. If you really want, you know, pulling for him to win, you're like, you know, this guy's got that change up or he's got that nasty slider. This is a good move by them. Maybe we need to pinch hit so and so. It's the suspense that you get when you're watching a playoff game. So I don't, I don't mind it in the playoffs. But don't let me, don't have me sitting here in May, watching a dude change pitchers five, six times a game and having a catcher walk out there to the mound and like, let's go. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I think in the playoffs you just throw all the the speed of the game, just throw all those sure. rules out the window. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm I'm soaking it up. I'm trying to. Yeah, you know, I'm taking it all in during the playoffs. Absolutely. Oh, well, guys, man, we've been we've been on here a long time. Bill, I know you were juiced up for this, man. And I think this is the most talkative Lester's been on a podcast, maybe since football season. I know Lester's a big basketball guy too, but you know, like they say in Moneyball, it's hard not to be romantic about about baseball. Um, and I know you guys love it. I love it as well. This has been a very fun podcast. Um, My favorite sport. Yeah. Lester, anything to add before we get out of here? No, just looking forward to a a pretty good baseball season. Should be fun. Should be fun. Lots of fun baseball to watch. Lots of fun players to watch. Um, I don't know, man. Wish they promoted the game more. It's really fun stuff. Really fun people to watch baseball. So I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch the day I die. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be a great season. Yeah, we've talked before. It takes a special kind of fan to to be able to tolerate baseball because it is such a slow sport. You really got to have a a love for numbers and matchups and 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 everything that that goes along with that. And um, you know, like I said, it's not the easiest sport for me to watch. But if I've got a team like Boston or Atlanta and I can I can get them on the radio or or on the TV, I'm I'm going to put it on there during the season. Um, and uh, as far as the uh, the podcast goes over the next couple of months, I think we're going to have Bill on here every once in a while. We're not going to talk baseball every week because, you know, we understand that uh, maybe all, all, a lot of our listeners want to hear about Alabama spring training and, and recruiting and basketball. Alabama picks up two huge basketball commits, Namari Burnett and Charles Bediaco. Uh, they're not done yet. They're looking at Noah Furley or Noah Gurley, a uh, a power forward transfer from Furman, who also may commit here soon. Um, so Alabama really, you know, hyping up the recruiting train um, in basketball. And then you know, like I said, Alabama spring practice going on. And so there, there's there's a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll we'll talk baseball every once in a while, maybe once every two or three podcasts or three or four podcasts. Excuse me, but. You know, we'll have some fun topics along the way. But, Bill, we appreciate you being on here, man. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? NL East race should be fun this year. I don't know when the, the Dodgers and the Padres play first, but, man, that's a series that I'm going to love to, to tune into. That should be a great one all summer. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we appreciate you being on here. Go Sox, go Braves. Uh, episode 31, Gump Runners Podcast, Chase Thorne, Lester Mitchell, Bill Holman. We'll see you all next week.